Hi, this is Nancy Herald, and welcome to my show, High Road to Humanity. In every episode, I tell you powerful true stories filled with great wisdom that you can use in your own life as you strive for a higher road to travel. My featured guests will have their own unique stories to tell that enlighten your mind and your soul. So kick back, relax, and learn the secret to success when you take the high road. Hi, this is Nancy Yerald, and welcome to High Road to Humanity. And I have a fabulous gentleman here today. Phil Webster is here. And Phil, welcome to High Road. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. I'm a, I'm a fan of the show. Well, God bless. Thank you for that. He's joining us from London and he's written this cool book. It's called Letting Glow. And I told him before the show, what a cool book. And, you know, you talk in here that there's going to be a series. So I hope there are more books to come. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean... Waiting on them to come through, but yeah. <laughs> well, it was very enlightening. And I'll just say, you know, um, Phil is a writer. He's an actor. He's a meditation teacher. He's a developing medium. And he's appeared in movies alongside uh, Sylvester Stallone, Al Fanning. And this is his first book. But I, it's cool. I was reading it and I was, it was an easy read. I really got into it. You do meditations. Um, but tell us your story. I mean, you dedicated this book to your mom. She passed away yeah. January 14, 2021. Um, you talk about your childhood. Tell us your story. Yeah, well, so the book, uh, well, my mom passing was the catalyst to write the book, essentially, and especially around something that happened right around when she passed. Um, I'm not sort of giving, the book starts with this story. So if I tell this story, it's not really giving much away. Um, but this was really what triggered uh, the me going into this kind of very deep rabbit hole of of spiritual exploration, I guess, for the last two years. And I, and I feel like I'm relatively new to this. Um, I've only really been diving into this for two years and looking into mediumship and stuff like that. But the event kind of made me look back at other things that happened throughout my life. And it would seem that every few years, something would come up um, from ranging from kind of paranormal this and that when I was a kid like um you know that I sort of put down to maybe imagination or something as I got older to a couple of bigger events which could be considered spiritual awakenings through my 30s and stuff like that but again I sort of didn't know really know what to do with these things so I just kind of was like okay well that was weird but I'll just put it away and I'll go to work and pay the rent and do all the yeah. stuff that we have right? yeah. um but yeah, the, the what happened around my mum passing really just just sent me off on a on a big mission, I suppose, um, to look into life after death. I mean, um, the grieving process, I, I suppose, really just pushed me to do this. Um, so yeah, shall I talk about what happened the night before she passed? Yeah, please. I mean, yes, yeah, yes. It's an odd one, you know. Um, so it was the, the tail end of the pandemic, and um, I won't dredge all that up again now because we've, we've heard plenty about that already. Um, yeah. But yeah, she'd been isolating at home on a place called the Isle of Wight where I grew up, and she was, she'd lived there alone for 20 years or so now. Um, and I'm based in London, so a few hours away. And we'd just been through 2020, and it got to Christmas time when we were supposed to see each other, but then the government changed their mind and decided that no one was going to do that in this country. So I hadn't seen her for, for about six weeks or something like that. And um, we would FaceTime every day, sometimes two or three times a day. 
And on this particular day, and I mean, and I must mention here, she was 76 years old. She had various age-related health problems, but I thought she'd be around for a while to come still. You know, she would, she would have these setbacks, but she would always bounce back. And, you know, she, she was like... She was young at heart from, from what I read yeah. in the book. She yeah, went definitely. to concerts with you. I love it. Yeah. We'll no, talk yeah, about definitely. that. Yeah. Yeah. And she, was, she was talking about, okay, I, like enough of this lockdown stuff. And I'm like coming up there and we're, we're going to, you know, we're just going to get on with things after the whole year that we all had. Right. Um, so I spoke to her this particular evening and it was probably like 9.30 at night, pushing 10, something like that. And and again, I just must stress, like she lived in a very rural place. Like I knew everyone around there, like the neighbors and stuff. And we were in the middle of a lockdown. So I knew everyone that kind of went by. Occasionally nurses would go to help her with her meds and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But generally she, was, she didn't really see anyone. Um, anyway, so I called her. And as she picked up the phone, I saw a guy beside her and, and I saw him long enough that I could describe him with thinning gray hair, glasses, probably looks like he was in his late 60s, something like that. And, and I was kind of taken aback, right? I was like, there was not supposed to be anyone there. I, I So hold on. You're on FaceTime. Let me just make yeah. sure that everybody understands this. You're on FaceTime and you see a man next to her that you don't know. Yeah. Okay. And, okay. And, you know, uh, he, she was leaning into the call and he was leaning in sort of from the other side of the screen. And as she sort of moves, he went out of shot. And I was like, who's that? And she was, who's what? So I was like, okay, uh, the guy, I just saw a guy there. And she just kind of dismissed it and was like, no, 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 no one's been here since lunchtime. Somebody had been over to check on her or something. Yeah. I just started just talking about her day. And one thing that always used to drive me nuts about my mom was that if there was someone with her, it was impossible to have a conversation. You know, she would just turn on all these airs and graces and stuff. And, and it was, she just wouldn't be herself. Right. Uh-huh. And uh, it used to drive me nuts. And so she wasn't doing any of that. She just started talking about her day. And I said, look, mom, sorry to interrupt, but who's the guy? <laughs> and she was like, what, what guy? And, and I was like, oh, I, it just, it just didn't, I'd seen him long enough for it to register and that I could describe him. But then I was like, well, just doesn't make sense and and we spoke for another 45 minutes something like that nobody said goodbye to her it was a very small house she didn't acknowledge anyone at all and so I just kind of let it go and then the next morning I got a phone call from a neighbor that they couldn't get in the house and she was having a heart attack um so yeah she passed that morning and then the whole event from the night before just took on a different meaning for me um I was I was like well okay that was I guess that was somebody coming to tell me. And, yeah. And, and I, my printer just turned on. That's mom. Oh, no worries. She, uh, she said she was going to be here today. <laughs> I was getting ready in the bathroom. Mom's like, I'm going to watch. I just thought I'd tell you that. <laughs> anyway, I, I want to know. <laughs> I'm really glad that you did get to talk to her before she passed. Did you recognize the gentleman? I didn't. So that's the thing. Like it, it didn't. I didn't really know what to do with the experience. Um, it didn't really comfort me. It just made me question it. And, and it just kind of sat at the back of my head for a couple of months. I started working on some movie and I was just kind of obviously grieving and in shock somewhat. And I didn't really sort of associate with anyone on this movie for about two months. I just kind of sat with my head down, just going through books and stuff. Um, but then someone suggested that I asked for a sign after I told them this story. And I did. And then I started getting them repeatedly um yeah she's still doing it dude (laughs) that's it and 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 yeah so that that just kind of 
turned my whole attention towards mediumship, stuff like that. I walked down the road, I saw a spiritualist church that I'd walked past 50 times before and never taken any notice of it. And I didn't even know what a spiritualist church was, right? Um, right. They're everywhere here. Um, I'm not sure how many you have over there, but essentially there's like a, a demonstration of mediumship like every week. And uh, so a medium shows up, no one gives any money or anything like that. You just go along and then they'll just sort of go to the congregation and say, Hey, I've got this person here and, and describe uh, a family member or a friend. And um, I went along to this and this was about three months later after my mama passed and she came through and, and the medium was just her accent changed. Everything was just my mom. And I was like, okay, well, this, you know, and, and that, and that was really, I would say a life changing moment for me. So. Well, there's comfort, you know, and like I told you, I was in the bathroom and I, she was there and I was like, okay, she's like, I'm going to be around. I was like, all right. You know, I didn't go into a whole thing. It's just like, all right, maybe I'll mention it. Maybe I won't. But now that you're bringing this up, I thought I would say something, but you know, our loved ones are with us and it's comforting to know that she's watching over you. And she's so proud. You know that, right? So. Oh gosh. Yes. She's so proud. She's so proud of the book and everything. You know, I want to rewind a little bit. I just loved your book. I, and I mean that sincerely because I read a lot of books, but it was just like down to earth and real. Um, oh. I love how you talk, you talk about your childhood and how it was rough. You also talk about um, the Ouija board, which just cracked me up because I did yeah. this too. I think a lot of us do this, right? We get out the Ouija board and we think, oh, and, you know, I conjured some stuff up that I should have never conjured up probably, you know, 20 years ago or more. And tell us your experience. You did the same thing. I mean, and let me say, let me just preface this. I don't recommend using this at all because what you're doing is you're calling in stuff that you don't know what it is. But I want you to tell your story about that, if you don't mind. Yeah, I mean, that that's the impression it left with me with, too. I, I have to say, like, since researching the book and stuff, I've, I've met a lot of people that are pro Ouija boards. They're, they're like, oh, really? Yeah. So I've, I'm kind of it's almost piqued my interest enough to maybe look into it again. Oh my um, gosh. just from hearing lots of positive things about them but yeah at, at I think we were 15 16 17 something like that um someone suggested we use one I think we even made one ourselves and oh. we just kind of messed around with it I, I you know this was the early 90s I think we were probably playing an Iron Maiden record backwards for effect or something stupid like that and and um, and you're on an island I need to tell everybody that yeah, yeah, yeah you're on an island so there's not a ton going on right now so you that, that was that was like the highlight of, of entertainment for us at the time, right? There was nothing. We didn't have any internet and, and we were pretty much in the same situation as any kid from the last three decades, I would say. Mm -hmm. um, so anyway, the Ouija board thing came up and um, we did it and for laughs. And then a couple of us, me and another friend, kind of almost got hooked on it and we, we just kept using it to a point where we felt as though there was some sort of energy shift in between us. Um, I mean, I think we were just sat there waiting for like a, a candle to blow out or a light to flicker or something like that. But something really odd happened between us. And it was kind of almost as though something were passing through us. Mm -hmm. Now, with 30 years hindsight, I can't, yeah, 30 years hindsight, um, I'm not sure it was some sort of, you know, demon entity waiting to jump onto us. I mean, maybe it was, but I, I would say that now I've kind of felt that same sensation but it's only been a positive thing. Uh, like when I, when I feel like I've been connecting with my guys and stuff like that. So I think we were just waking up like a dormant 
spiritual energy in ourselves but yeah. around all that you've got all the teenage anxiety and we don't trust each other and and you know so at best we maybe did just bring in some negative energy or or, or then our own energy you know um but it, yeah it was it was an experience but it wasn't one that I wanted to keep up after after that yeah I will tell you really quickly I'll tell the audience I had a girlfriend that lived next door Sherry I don't know if she watches my show or not she's still around and uh, I was in Michigan and she was my neighbor and I was young with kids and she was young with kids and we got the Ouija board out and what it, it was like we were conductors because I would sweat and she would freeze so it hmm. was, we were conducting now that I'm older and I realized some of the stuff we were conducting the energy and it gave me, I will say this, and this is the truth. It told me all the different boyfriends and husbands that I would ever be with. And it wow. was right. And it was right on. Really? Yes. But it got weird where she's like, I'm freezing. And I'm like, I'm hot. And we just, finally, we just quit doing it. But the information hmm. that it did provide was accurate hmm. yeah isn't that yeah. weird now i want to yeah. talk yeah i want to talk about you going out of your body because this is crazy yeah. <laughs> <laughs> tell the story because this just i don't want you to tell your whole book but this was really amazing That's, to me go ahead yeah i mean so around the same period of time and and it's funny because I, I talk about these things on on a few podcasts that i've done and i've got to stress that these things were really few and far between you know there was years and years yeah nothing going on i was just getting on with life and this and that yeah. um but here it sounds when i talk about these it sounds like something was happening every week um <laughs> but i i'd been in a small bookshop and i'd come across this book on lucid dreaming and there was a section on uh, that i came across a part on astral projection and i didn't have any money at the time i think it was around 15 or something and, and i just kind of tried to read as much as i could uh without paying for it and um i went home that night and i was like okay i'm gonna i'm gonna try and do this it sounds really cool right so like uh, the way i saw it was like okay your ghost body leaves your physical body and that sounds great right and <laughs> so you're like I let's on, do it <laughs> yeah so so i lay on bed and and i was just concentrating really hard on getting up without actually getting up you know and i would kind of twitch and every now and again that i was concentrating so hard on on leaving my body what i thought i was i don't know didn't know what i was doing but i thought that was the way to do it few hours later or i couldn't actually say how long um it felt felt like a few hours um it happened i i suddenly felt myself float above my body um i had my eyes closed on the bed but i could suddenly see the whole room but what i wasn't counting on was the third perspective and and it was as though i was sat at the side of the room watching this whole thing take place like i could see myself on the bed see myself above the bed but i was this awareness from the side of the room which i wasn't counting on at all and and at 15 or whatever it was that was just way too much to to comprehend right. and i just snapped out of it and i was like hey you know that's enough i'm i'm good and and i never tried it again um, well and but, then you said you had a hard time like going to sleep because your body kept coming up now i'm going to say that was your higher self over there yeah watching yeah. you yeah yeah it's it's interesting like i just at that period of time i that was way too much for me to comprehend i was all up for yeah let's go fly around the neighborhood or whatever this thing was but seeing myself from another perspective completely no one has said anything about that in the book. right and I, and I never heard anything about that until some years later somebody called into a tv show one morning and described the exact same experience with the the third perspective and i was like okay wow so i guess that 
that really did happen because by that point I, I you know your thoughts creep in and you sort of doubt stuff and and that was that yeah you know there's a meditation in your book that I talked to you about before we got on today um I should read the whole thing it's 37 page 37 and you guys got to get this book because you got to check this meditation out and it's called the mountain in the mirror and I want you to talk a little bit about this because as much stuff as I learn, as many people as I talk to, it just touched me and it gave me a different perspective oh, on, wow, no, it really did, honestly, because I mean, you know, you you are aware of what's going on. I'm connected to the divine. So, you know, I'm just watching everything go on. But this really made it simple. Do you mind sharing it or what do you think? Is that Okay. Yeah, sure. Um, I mean, just talk about to what I got from it, because somebody essentially gave that meditation to me some years ago when right. I was having, well, what I would now call a, a spiritual awakening. But at the time, I thought I was going out of my mind. Yeah. Do you want to preface this of why you got to this point a little bit before we get into yeah. it? Yeah, sure. So again, with one of these stories, again, years <laughs> gone by that I wasn't thinking anything spiritual. Or anything oh, and like let that. me just stop you. In the in the in between, he's traveling around the world. He's partying. I just want yeah. to say this: you're going to rock <laughs> concerts, okay? All that stuff. So, yeah, yeah, all that cool stuff, and then these things happen. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so I was uh, at the time I was running bars and clubs in uh, Helsinki in Finland, where I lived for a long time. Um, so I was I was caught up in this lifestyle of you know probably drinking a bit too much and and staying staying up too late and all that stuff and you're kind of surrounded by people that are escaping their lives right so I developed somewhat of a cynical attitude towards things in general right um, I don't know if this is but I think it's got something to do with it because it was almost like a reminder came along to be like hey no you know this isn't the way to do things so I woke up one morning just out of the blue. I had this sensation of of time being non-linear. Uh, I mean, it wasn't a new thought. I'm not the first person to talk about this stuff. Um, it wasn't something that was really on my mind at the time at all. Uh, but it was more than a thought. It was some as I as I sort of this thing hit me. It was as though I were thrust into it, right? And right. it was all of a sudden. Like people talk about connecting with the moment of now. It was like that times a hundred. All of a sudden, linear time just fell away. I couldn't just switch off and think about what I was going to do later that day or what I'd done the night before. Everything just seemed absurd. And, and it was almost as though I were outside of myself, um, which is what people talk about when I think they have, and I hope I'm using the right term, but depersonalization experiences. Um, I just felt like I was over here observing my own thoughts, but right. detached from. Um, and it freaked me out. And, and, and I was like, okay, well, this is, this is, this is too much. And, and I can't stress how, much of a panic it sent me into and and it was just like a continuous state of panic that didn't stop and i assumed that this would just go off throughout the day or a week or something like that but it didn't it went on for about a year wow <laughs> and 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 i truly thought that i was going out of my mind i was trying to explain to people what i was going through and i was kind of met with these same blank faces and and, and i get it i i was sounded nuts right um i went to a couple of doctors they started using words like psychosis which just amplified this feeling of terror and and eventually i found um and, and i and i have to say again not to take this down a dark a dark path but i was thinking that okay if this is my brain if this is whatever's going on now i'm i'm out of here right this i just didn't see any tragedy in that i thought i can barely function and um and this is no way to live 
Um, but I found this psychiatrist and thankfully he was like the only, I believe it was destiny that, that this guy just happened to be this kind of like old hippie guy that was like, hey, no, 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 man. He was like, you're, you're just having an awakening. He was, right. he was, you know, you're, you've just woken up to true reality and, and you're feeling time for what it genuinely is. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, well still just make it go away. Um, <laughs> it doesn't go away, does it? <laughs> well, no, it didn't. And and I, I just wanted to get back to the herd. You know, I just want to go to work, forget about this, just get on with things, how things were before. Right. Um, amongst other things, he gave me the meditation uh, that, that you were talking about, which pretty much worked instantly, I have to say. And, and it didn't keep me there, but it definitely grounded me um, very much so. And every couple of days I would just practice it again. And it just kept bringing me back each time I thought I was kind of getting detached from, from this everyday reality, then um, it it was an extremely powerful grounding exercise, I would say. So I kind of adapted it in the book, not for anyone that's having a potential psychotic break, but I think it's a very good, it's a very good grounding meditation just in general. No, it really is because, you know, um, I know all this stuff and the audience, I teach them all this stuff, but you know, sometimes you forget and what a great reminder um, of we're just this light and we're here to observe and Mm. what a wonderful meditation to recognize that. And, you know, I just thought it was wonderful. You you know, everything can go on around you and things can change around you, but we Mm. are just observers and we are experiencing this and if we can look at it like that then the judgment stops yeah. and the you know um a lot of things stop like you know worrying about what other people think and all that kind of stuff kind of just falls to the wayside don't you think yeah definitely and yeah uh, thanks for describing it like that that's um yeah it, it is i think it's just a, a really good metaphor for just tuning into what I call the backseat driver right like you know, when you sit in meditation eventually you'll get to a point and I, I don't mean to preach to the to the choir here but eventually you'll get to a point where you can just observe your thoughts and not get caught up in them and, and of course you do from time to time but right. you just take to step back again concentrate on your breath and just watch the whole parade going by and and I think that's what that meditation does as well it just sort of bring reminds us that, to center ourselves and then whatever's going on at external to ourselves, um, in that case, we're focusing on a mountain, um, then just let it go on. Yeah. And you yeah, know, we ate. I will say that's what it did for me. It brought me back. And right. I know this stuff, but you know, you guys got to check out this book. It's called Letting Glow. Okay. Mm-hmm. I just want you guys to know it's really good. You say, you you talk- I appreciate that. Oh yeah. Well, no, I wouldn't say it if I didn't believe it. Uh, you talk about relationships and I wrote this down. This is a quote. If you're in an unhealthy relationship, if you're drifting from one job to the next with no goal in sight, search your soul and find your original spark again. I love that because a lot of people are lost and I tell everybody connect with the divine, connect with God. And that's how you get that spark. Now, did you start meditating and start to connect and start to realize a lot of this stuff too? Well, that essentially came from, from what we were talking about before when I, when I really thought that I was kind of, I, I don't know where, where I, my mind was going, but after bringing myself back, I kind of got very respectful of just concentrating on what actually mattered. Right? I, I, there was a period of time there for, for quite a while that I thought that I was losing myself and 
when I got through it, it just really reminded me to just not sweat the small stuff, right? I, I was, okay, I'm, I have to go to work, I have to pay the bills, but that's not going to be my primary focus anymore. What What is my focus of the people that I care about? And those people that genuinely care about me, I, I lost a lot of people through that, you know, I just kind of culled the whole crowd, right? Um, especially with the environment that I was in at the time. Um, it wasn't the it wasn't the most healthy of surroundings. And 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 that really essentially brought me back to the UK in 2017. And I, I ended up just pursuing the things that I'd been interested in as a kid, which were acting and and well, eventually writing a book, but that wasn't the original plan at the time. Um, and things just started falling into place. Um, of course, I still had to do things and and again, gotta pay the rent, right? right. But when I started concentrating and focusing on what, what I genuinely really wanted to do and let everything else fall by the wayside, it seemed to, it seemed to start flowing like that. Yeah. It um, flowed. It flowed. I yeah. love that. Yeah. You talk about that. Now, when did you connect with your guides at what point? Yeah. So this is, this is again, uh, for <laughs> that's actually now, yeah, I have to go back again uh, to <laughs> another story. Forgive me. <laughs> Um, no it's great it's great that you're sharing this stuff Phil because you know we all go through this stuff and it's nice that you talk about it you know so that people get it you know what I mean yeah so there there was a another event that happened I would say um a year or two before my mom passed so before the sort of catalyst for really looking into this stuff and that's what I mean these things would come up every few years and and this one was out of the blue so it was a probably about seven years or so after the whole time conundrum thing that I've been through and and again woke up one morning and it always seemed I started to notice a pattern with this as well it always seemed to be in that I think what they call the theta state when you're sort of coming out of sleep but you're you're aware of your surroundings but your brain is still in that sort of meditative state and another morning so I woke up on this particular morning hadn't been drinking nothing like that I just I've been to work the night before and I felt like I'd caught myself in mid download and and I didn't know how to explain it the best way I could explain it at the time was that I felt like there was a rainbow stream of consciousness going into the top of my head and I, and I know how that sounds that it you know but that was that's all I'd got that's what was happening and and it something was something way smarter than me was asking me do you still want this yeah. I was like no what, what what's going on again it sort of took me back to the experience I'd had before yeah. and I kind of almost panicked I thought okay this is it I am I am going nuts right um <laughs> and I opened my eyes and it didn't stop there, there was then a, a, a holographic glowing grid all around me which kind of then just took all my attention and I just lay and watched it and it faded out and the whole experience stopped and I was okay well what was that uh so one of the first things I did um my my fiance Laura wasn't with me at the time I think she was visiting family I called her and told her about it. And she was like, well, you, you were dreaming, of course, you know. And I was like, oh. no, it wasn't a dream. So I called another friend and he was like, he should, maybe he slept on your arm funny and you were seeing like traces. And I was like, <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. Um, and, and so I believe that that was my first introduction to spirit guides. But this was before I even knew what a spirit guide was. It was before I knew what the crown chakra was. Hadn't yeah. listened to any things. And then when t- I told someone about it years later, a medium, she was like, well, yeah, again, that's perfect. Makes perfect sense that your guides connect for your crown chakra. Sure. And yeah. It would have been downloading you with information. And, and I've, I've heard other people tell the same stories. So. Yeah. And I'll tell you my story. I started to feel tingling at the top of my head and I'm mm-hmm. so sensitive. I'm an empath. 
like, why am I feeling this? And it would come right here through the top of my mm-hmm. head. And they were just giving me information. And again, I had to ask, why am I getting this? Well, somebody else knew. And they were like, well, they're just feeding you. Inf- it's a download. People called it a download. Yeah. So now and, and I know. That's it. Yeah. yeah. And, and that was the best word that I could come up with at the time. I, I said it felt like I was being downloaded with information. Right. And you were. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then I kind of started reading up on stuff about shamanism and Apparently, it was quite common to see a grid uh, when when people were going into meditation in ancient traditions and stuff like that. Um, but again, I was like, all right, cool, and just moved on and, and sort of forgot about it. And then, of course, when my mum passed, then I was like, okay, I guess there's something to all of these these events. And um, yeah, seems, seems that there were. <laughs> now, did you ever find out who the man was? Was that her spirit guide? I didn't. I've I've... I've kind of, forgive me if you can hear a cat meowing. Um, I've kind of come and gone with it. I, I wrote in the book that I believe that it was possibly my dad. Um, uh-huh. I hadn't seen him for many years. I've kind of come and gone with the idea again. Uh, other people had other suggestions. Maybe it was her spirit guide. He didn't look like anyone that I immediately recognized. So yeah, yeah he's still a mystery really. Yeah. You got into the shamanic stuff, which I find really interesting. You know, I told you I'm I'm Scottish and I spent some time in Scotland and Ireland and it's such an interesting place there. I, I feel like, you know, um, I wish I could go, I need to go back because I feel like I could connect even more now. Have you connected with some of the elementals? Talk about this a little bit. Uh, I, I go, I've got a favorite tree in a place called Richmond Park that, that just one day stopped me as, as I walked by it. And, and, uh, the, the place is, it's a, it's a huge park. It spans different areas of London. I think it touches on about five different towns on different sides of it. It's got wild deer, stuff like that. And it's really like a nice place to just be able to get away to, especially when you're in a place like London. Um, but yeah, this one tree just, I, I don't know what it was, but it definitely called out to me and, I stopped by it and again through through exploring all these things I've, I've chosen that place as a place to go meditate and it was one of the first places that I connected with uh, my animal guide and didn't really know what to expect and got a lot of information again I just kind of downloaded a shamanic drumming trump drumming soundtrack forgive me mm-hmm. and didn't really know what to expect and sort of went through the I suppose traditional um process of, of meeting an animal guide and then got a few words that i'd never heard before um, one of the words was ashram which is i guess everyone pretty much knows what it is but at the time never heard of it before and then went away and found out that it means a place of meditation and one of my questions were how do i connect more with with my with my guides and that's what i got so yeah fascinating experience but yeah, as for shamanism in general, it's something that I'm very much still learning about. Um, I used to live in Finland and there's a there's a very strong Nordic culture of that there. And then, of course, as well as from your side um, with the northern and southern hemispheres of, of the indigenous people there. But yeah, yeah. I don't feel, sorry, I, I don't feel um, qualified to be able to really go into it. But it's still something that I'm very much learning about and I'm really interested in. Yeah, me too. I would like to go back to Scotland and find a shaman because, yeah. yeah, I just, you know, I felt at home there. It was interesting when I went there. I just felt like it belonged, like I could have moved there and stayed. So I think it's just, go ahead. No, I, I hate to admit, I've never been there. 
Like, oh, oh, you need to go. It's magical. Well, yeah. I went because I wanted to find my roots. But what I realized was it was a magical place. Mm-hmm. And I was shocked. And, you know, I wasn't, this is a long time ago where I wasn't, you know, as connected as I am now. But I know that that would be a good place to go and pick up on some of those, you know, yeah. old ancient energies or whatever. You know, yeah. so how has this changed your life? I mean, what's going on today? What are you doing now, Bill? I'd say it's changed it completely. Um, this part of writing the book, when I wrote the book, I wasn't really, I kind of had it at the back of my mind that I would try and publish it. But I was also happy to just write it for myself and maybe to just pour out what I was going through. So it kind of, I believe that the way that I look at it is though when I started it, I wasn't completely sold on this stuff. And then by the end of it, I'm like, yeah, no, this is this is this is a real thing. Um, so there's kind of a, a progression. At the start of it, I'm trying to tell two, two sides of of the coin kind of thing, and the argument yeah. for against this or that, or astral projection or Ouija boards and what have you. But by the time I've had, I'd, I'd met a lot of mediums. By the time I'd finished um, writing it and, and seen them in action and had a lot of experiences myself, and then started to work in a development circle myself also, and and give people information that I don't know where I got it from. Um, so I'd like to think that the reader can sort of progress with me if they've had these kind of experiences that they can't quite put their finger on or something's happened in the past and you don't really know what to do with it. As, as I've said, then maybe this could be a sort of gateway or like a soft introduction to spirituality. But for me, it's just, yeah, it's just opened up a whole new way of looking at things. Um, yeah, I, I, I wrote the second book already and, and I believe that I will write a third book. I'm just kind of waiting to develop more myself. Um, But yeah, sorry to just get back to your original question. It's just, yeah, it's just, it's changed my life. But with my mom passing and then with this um, journey this book has taken me on. um, I just have a question. Are you, it seems like you'd have to be, are you more, were you ever religious? Are you more connected to the divine now? Um, Talk about that a little bit, because that's how I feel. I mean, and I tell I teach the audience to bring in the light and mm. to bring it down through their chakras. I teach them to bring up the light from Gaia, from the earth. And that's yeah. how we connect. I mean, yeah. and, and I grew up in a church and I'm sure you probably did, too. Has this just really deepened your faith in the divine? It definitely has. I, I didn't really grow up in that much of a of a religious environment. Okay. Um we would go to church on for for special occasions, holidays, and and of course weddings and christenings stuff like that. Um, it wasn't something that was really talked about that much. Um, I grew up; my mom was a single mother for the most part, mm-hmm. and and she was just kind of getting on with working a lot uh, to just kind of keep a roof over her head and stuff like that. We never really had these conversations, but I I believe that she believed in in a higher power. Um, higher we power. just had those discussions and yeah for sure for me I I haven't had any negative experiences outside of um the couple of things I've told you about since pursuing this um and and I know this is kind of especially with mediumship people are on the fence with if they do if there is negative energy out there um I haven't experienced any myself so far all of experience is light and just an overwhelming sense of of love on occasion Uh, and like on occasion it's been very profound and yeah, it's definitely opened me up to 
100% believing in a, in a higher power. Yeah. Yeah. You talk about organized religion a little bit in the book. And I like that because I don't really agree with organized religion either, because it's, I really feel like it's to keep people down and to keep people in their place. And, yeah. you know, it's like the Catholics would never let the, the people read the Bible, which I think is just amazing that that actually went on for as long as it did. Mm-hmm. And now I see people connecting more to the light and getting the information directly from the divine. Have you seen a change over there in London, in England, where you are, where people are starting to get out of that box and starting to connect on their yeah, own, believe- you know? Yeah, I believe so. Like now I'm very much in, in an environment where I'm meeting a lot of people that are already went into this and, and have been on this journey for longer than me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I'm kind of surrounded with that now. But I would say what I find interesting is that the conversations that we can have now like this aren't immediately dismissed by sort of the general public. You know, I just yeah. had a book released recently and, and I know a lot of people that showed up to support me don't particularly buy into this stuff, right? Yeah. But I, I noticed a difference that they're they're willing to talk about it, whereas 15, 20 years ago, um, that it wouldn't have been that they they would have just immediately dismissed taboo, it. right? Taboo. So, what's yeah. the next book? Can I ask? Yeah, um, it's I, I wrote it straight off the back of the first one. Uh, I just felt like I'd learned so much already, and when I finished it, I was like, well, I'm way past that already. Okay. <laughs> on the next one, so it goes a lot deeper, a lot more into metaphysical subjects. Okay. um let's go on to mediumship I, I do want to stress that, that there's a very strong um spiritualism uh movement over here uh, in in the uk in particular from nice. the victorian era and and i don't want to kind of step on anyone's toes and just show up like this maverick like oh yeah let's let's all be mediums right <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah I, I do want to stress that i'm not trying to tell anyone anything more than my own experiences and and if it works for someone else then then great and and i hope it does um but yeah, the, the the next book really goes a lot deeper. I, I explore the whole um, time being nonlinear thing a lot more. Um, I talk a lot about um, like religious, or not even sorry, not religious, but esoteric beliefs of the past, um, where where you touched on Scotland and things like that. I talk a lot about um, of, of this country's whole sort of traditions with uh, connections with witches and fairies and and, and all that kind of fun stuff and. Um, yeah even though i say that that's kind of like the lighter side of it um i do i I, there was a big chapter on witchcraft which i found really interesting to learn about myself and um just how the the attitudes to this place has has changed did you know that witchcraft wasn't abolished in the uk until the 50s which is fascinating yeah like like what 30 years 40 years before the internet Wow. It was still a possibility that you could get burned at the stake, which, which is crazy. I'm sure I was probably burned at the stake. They didn't know what to do with me. <laughs> no, it's easy. Well, you know, and it's it's really out of ignorance, a lot of the stuff, you know, yeah. that they did these things, you know, and they did it here in the United States, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Crazy stuff. Well, I'm just thrilled that you came on the show today. His book is called Letting Glow. It's a guide to intuition, spirituality, and living consciously. And it's by Phil Webster. Phil, what would you like to leave us with today? Um, just thank you for having me on. It's been it's been so great. And and I love that we're getting this word out there. I feel um yeah, yeah um it is slowly my contribution is uh, hopefully my story will connect with somebody else's story and sort of turn it into a bigger into a bigger thing and and these messages will keep getting out there 
Yeah, I appreciate you coming on. Hey, guys, um, just want to let you know I'm working on my website. So if you're going on there to book, um, just know that I'm under construction right now, but it will be done soon. And if you want an angel reading, you can still book with me. Phil, it was a pleasure. I uh, hope you'll come back and see me again. I'd love to. Thank you very much. All right, you guys, we're going to get out of here for today. I wish everybody a fabulous week and God bless.